Let's open our Bibles to Romans chapter 1. Romans. Are you there? Let's read from verse 8. <clears throat> First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. It's a little different nowadays. And what's different is we talk about the faith of the man of God, not the faith of the community. I think I like this line up here in front. They nod and they say, yes, that's true. Yeah. Amen. Are you all there? Yes. Yeah. First of all, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Not the leaders of the church, everybody in church. Come on, man. The whole world is talking about Life Church Global. I would receive that impartation right now. They're not just talking about the man of God and the woman of God in front, although her hair was absolutely beautiful today. But they're talking about every single man, woman, and child that is sitting in these chairs today. It's phenomenal. Verse 9. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. For I long... To see you. This is the Saturday feeling. This is the feeling on after the service. It's like, oh, I wish we had church again. We're having church tomorrow again with the kingdom family thing. For I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both you and me. I'll read that again. Verse 12. That is, that I may be... Now, Paul is talking to the, the Christians at Rome. These are not Jewish people. They're Romans. They're Gentiles. They're expats. <laughs> that is that I may be encouraged together by the mutual faith, the same faith that the whole world talks about. Paul, ooh, Paul, Sounded like I just went into the heavens. 
Paul is saying that I want to come to you so that I may impart some gift into you and that I may be encouraged by our faith. So there must be something about the, the church, about the people, that the preacher, the apostle of grace, wants to come to church. Come on, man. <laughs> there must be something going on. There must be something going on that the man of faith wants to come and spend time with the people so that they can be encouraged so that he can be encouraged along with them. No. I want to tell you a story. It's not my story. Thank God. But it's a story about Christopher Columbus. How many of you have heard of it? So Christopher Columbus is an Italian sailor. He's not Spanish. And from the age of 14, he started enjoying sailing. I like fishing, he likes sailing. I don't like the sailing part, I like the fishing part. <laughs> better, better. Isn't it? And so from the age of 14, he began sailing and he found a love for sailing. And as he grew up, you must understand that the place that he came from, he was in Europe at that time, and the place that he came from was only trading with the Orient, that is China, Japan, India. It was part of the same Orient. They were trading spices, and they only went to that place by land. And Christopher Columbus, as he grew up, he felt that there was a new way. For a lot of people, they think that Christopher Columbus was just a secular, um, you know, uh, a guy who, who was a visionary, who just did not know anything. But Christopher Columbus was a spirit-filled Christian. He loved God, and in fact, he said that most of the times that, that the Holy Spirit would lead him to do things. He was known as a person who was guided by the hand of God. One of the stories is that, that they, they were sailing. He, he, was, he was coming to this place where it was, the water was absolutely dead and there was no wind. And they were stranded for days there. And Christopher Columbus prayed. And all of a sudden, it felt like a hand came and lifted up the water and a wave pushed the boat for miles till they could get wind. Okay? He was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would lead him. But coming back to his first voyage, the first voyage, Christopher Columbus said, there's a better way to do church. There's a new way of doing church. There's a new way of trading in the world. And it's not by road what people have done before. Let's do the sea part. Let's do something. Let's do something that nobody has done before. <laughs> and so Christopher Columbus now, he's grown up and he comes to the king of Spain and he convinces the king of Spain to invest in his his voyage. And so he gets a bunch of Spanish 
sailor men. Just remember, he's Italian, and he gets Spanish sailor, sail, sailor men's, <laughs> sailors men, sailor men's, sailors, <laughs> sailors to sail along with him. All right, so he picks these sailor, sailors, and uh, he comes along with these sailors, and they believe him, and they're like, okay, the king also now bankrolls his project, and so they take on, they take off. They get into the sea, and everything is going honky-dory, and everything is fine, until they, the compass, the needle, starts malfunctioning. The wind stops. Somehow, this is the first voyage. And this is all documented. Christopher Columbus has documented every single thought that he had. And 31 days into the first voyage, something happens. There's no food. There's no drinking water. There's no land. It's all about new land. It's all about the new. Grace sometimes feels like that for people. It's like, oh, it's uncharted territory. I don't know. I grew up. I only gave tithe. I only gave 10%. But only, you know, I don't know. This, what is this? this? <laughs> it's grace. Yeah. You have to be okay with new ground. Wow. New ground. So Columbus now, he, makes, he writes this in his journal. And he says this. Hold on. Where is it? Right. Now he comes to this place 31 days in, and there's no land. They're stranded in the water. He writes this. The sailors who had been concealing their discontent in their heart now openly threatened insurrection. They had come to believe that Columbus, if the foreigner from Genoa, had deceived them they supposed he was leading them on a journey from which they would never return. According to one account, the sailors even conspired to do away with their leader whom they planned to throw into the sea. Very interesting. It was a terrible thing when the crew of Columbus said, we do not believe. They're going into new ground. We're going into a new ground when it comes to the kingdom of God. And sometimes when church does not look like how it's supposed to look, according to your expectations, and things are said from the pulpit when you don't like them, decisions that are made that are not in accordance with your theology and your doctrines and your will, can sometimes cause people to say, we do not believe. You must understand that when we come into a place like this, that the strength of the church, the church is as strong as its weakest link. Columbus Columbus was as strong as the discontented sailors on his boat. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 
They wanted to take the guy and throw him off the boat. You must understand how God works. God, from the beginning of the Bible, God speaks to one man or one woman. And he takes the man and gives them a family. The man with the vision cannot, cannot accomplish anything without a family. Columbus, even though he's a great explorer and doing all these phenomenal things that we, that, that we read about, couldn't do squat without the sailors. No, he could do a squat, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. When you say you do not believe, you're taking Columbus and Chris, <laughs> and you're taking the vision and throwing it off the boat. The same boat that you're supposed to be in. The title of my message today is Mutual Faith. And sometimes we come to church. Please forgive me, all of you are sitting in front. I feel like talking to the people at the back here. Because I feel they want to throw me off the boat today. <laughs> never. Don't say never. Because you might get challenged. And so we have Christopher Columbus now who's sitting on the boat. And his own people are discontent with him. And they choose to believe the whispers of division. Another vision, another voice enters into their mind. Another word enters into their mind. As long as discontentment remains in your heart, you're the only one. You're the weakest one. Listen to me very carefully. As long as discontentment remains in your heart, you're the weakest link of the church. But something happens when discontentment in your heart begins to get out of your mouth. And then you begin to go to brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and auntie so-and-so and uncle so-and-so. And then you begin to talk in front of the kids and now the kids are discontent. They have no clue why, but they just feel discontent. And what happens to a group of believers who are known around the world for faith, Desiree? The whole world, preachers want to come to Life Church Global. Trust me, brother. They're sending me emails, text messages. Please, can we come and preach in your church? Because preachers get experience God on a whole nother level when they come to this church. But something happens. I'm glad you're clapping for yourself. Yeah. But something happens to a body. When one person, two people, three people, discontentment. When there's another vision that gets into their heart. Another voice. When things don't go according to how you want it to go, 
Something happens to a person when discontentment gets into the heart. And when it gets out of the heart through your mouth, that's the only way it comes out, by the way. <laughs> it's whispers. I don't believe. I don't believe. When Pastor John says, there's glory in the room, weight loss, run. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Weight loss, people are going to lose weight now if they begin to run. Everybody remember that last week? Yeah. Where's um, uh, Simi? Simi? Simi, where's Simi? Chaco's wife. Chaco's wife. Yeah, yeah, can you stand up? She lost six kgs. Right? When there's weight loss and God is saying, I want to bless people by reducing this extra energy that they have on them. <laughs> Get them to lose it by, by stepping out in faith and running around the room. And there are people who say, hmm. I want to see it first, then I'll believe. You'll be stunned, brother. But the problem is, the people who act in faith are the ones who run because they see themselves like they've already lost weight. You understand? But see, what happens in a room like this is that when there are 15 people in a room of 250, 300 people who are skeptical, they take the vision and Christopher Columbus and throw them out of the boat. You understand? You understand what's happening? They throw Christopher Columbus and his compass, huh? everything out of the window. Let me tell you something. God uses a man because a man listens to the vision. But then he puts the man in a garden and gives him a wife. You understand? You must understand. Christopher Columbus was very key in bringing two worlds together. He's a visionary. So Christopher Columbus decides to. Baba, just relax, no? No, no, I'm, I'm talking to the sailor. <laughs> I'm, I'm Christopher Columbus talking to Christopher the sailor. <laughs> He's saying, Baba, just relax, no, just give me some more time. Be patient. You'll see land. You'll see land. It's not about my name becoming famous. People will know you. See, the guy, people say, wow, Christopher Columbus found America. Yeah, yes, yes, he did. But there was somebody sitting on that boat right on the top that said, I see land. You understand? It wasn't Christopher Columbus. It was the man sitting on the... What is your vision for your life? What is your vision for your life? What is your vision from God? 
Because if you don't have a vision for your life from God, join somebody else. Become a sailor man. Join someone who has a vision from God. Because God is not taking vision and sowing it like seed. He calls one person and he says, I'm going to give you a vision. Now get a family. And then when he gets the family, now the name of the family becomes greater than the visionary's name. Until, listen to me very carefully, until the family does not believe the vision. That's when Christopher Columbus's name became greater than the sailor's yeah. names. Because he said, well, whether you like it or not, we're on the boat now. We are going to go there. You want to throw me out? You'll stay stranded there. But if you stay with the vision, if you stick with God's plan, you may not feel the wind, but there's a hand in the water. You may not see gold dust and gemstone falling in your life, but somebody else is getting it. Somebody else in the house is becoming famous. You think that you're not becoming famous. Let me tell you something. The house is becoming famous. Because people from around the world are not looking for John Bestwish. They have no clue who this guy is. But they're looking for a church. With the name Life Church Global. They found out that miracle signs and wonders are happening in this church. With the people. My God, which church have you gone to? That in the last two months, nine cancers got healed. Come on, man. But let me tell you something. The man in front did not even do one of them. The so-called visionary who gave the prophetic word. The people did it. The breakthroughs that we're talking about, they were prophesying. I was like, ah, you'll be dead for you. All of that stuff. Who's it for? We're prophesying. You will receive a new job. I'm getting a new job. No. The ones who remain faithful. Stay faithful. And Christopher Columbus was so instrumental. God used him to bring two continents together. It reminds me of a person. It reminds me of a man. With the name Jesus. That brought two worlds together. He brought heaven and earth together. He was the man with the vision. He is still the man with the vision. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus started, had a vision from the Father and heaven came down to the earth. 2,000 years ago and his vision is still being accomplished. This is not any other vision. A vision is not just given to a man and say, well, well, you decide now. Well, you decide to start a church. No, you can't decide to start a church and remain blessed. 
You can't decide, well, you know, I don't like the church now. And uh, I'm going to start my own church. I'm a worship leader. And uh, everybody will come around my gift. Yeah, you can lead worship all you want. But people need the word. It's the word that sets people free. You can sing from morning till night. Kumbaya, Baba, Black Sheep. You can sing all the songs you want. But if there's no word in those songs, and if there's no faith to catch the word in the, the, the faith in the song, you've missed it. I'm not downplaying worship. Please understand what I'm saying. We've been given an opportunity. As a church, we've been given an opportunity. Yes, of course there are obstacles. They must come. If there are no obstacles in your life, obstacles come to reveal the weak links in your life. No, I'm not saying you are. <laughs> but I'm just be- They come to reveal the weak links in your life. You, when, you know, James says, rejoice. Be full of joy. When you're tested, you must have obstacles. If Christopher Columbus did not have obstacles, he wouldn't know the hearts of his people. I don't believe this guy, man. He's saying glory will come and people will lose weight and money will start multiplying people's accounts. Gold dust will fall. Gemstones will will fall. Right? And then phone batteries start charging. Like, what, what the heck is that about? What is that about? Why should phone batteries charge? Well, try making a call when your battery's dead. Did you, did you talk about Angelo's thing? Oh, Angelo is so phenomenal. He was in the car with, with Jacob, not this Jacob, another Jacob from Abu Dhabi. And the guy's battery was dying and he prayed over his battery and the battery got charged in the car. Come on, man. But guess where he learned that? It was on the boat. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the boat that he learned how to charge the phone. Now Angelo will be like, I am the phone charger. <laughs> Anybody needs battery in their, on their phone, please? Stand up, stand up so everybody can see you. Please. Supernatural. Yeah. Jesus was the man with the vision. But his disciples changed the world. You know why? I'll ask uh, Alejandra, John, what's John 3.16? No, <laughs> 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 just joking. John 3.16. Whoever believes... In him should not, will not perish, but eternal, everlasting, abundant, whatever your version says, I believe it. But he didn't say um, those who receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, those who get converted to Christianity. He said, doesn't say those who attend church, those who put their hand up and say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. He didn't say those who receive Jesus 
will receive eternal life. Believe. Question is, do you believe? Do you believe in the vision Jesus has? Because it's the same vision that has been, con being, is continued all this while. The same vision. Just think about this. When God was fed up with humanity, he found one man. His name was Noah. Not Noah, Noah. And <laughs> it's okay, it's all right, you'll get it. I'm laughing on the inside. And when God gave him a vision, Noah didn't say, choose somebody else. Noah didn't say, no, 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 not me, Lord. But I'll tell you, when God gave the vision to Noah, his family benefited from it. What about the same ark that his family members helped build was the same ark that saved them when the floods came. This is not an aisle. <laughs> I don't know why I came there. But maybe it's prophetic. Do you understand? When you serve in this church, when you serve in this church, you're helping build the ark. And the very thing that you're serving and you're help building is the very thing that will save your life. Amen. When troubles come, when storms come your way, just like Paul says, I can't wait to be with you. I'm out in the world, I'm preaching, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but I can't wait to come and be in a group of people who have the same faith. It's mutual faith. A lot of times we come here with empty faith. We come with our tanks empty, hoping that we'd get a pep talk. And faith comes up and we leave this room. Filled with faith. But what do we accomplish? Nothing. But when we come into this room filled with faith, with the same faith, in the, with, with our faith, believing the vision of Jesus, what Jesus has called this church to do. My gosh, you should be asking the pastor, what does Jesus call the church to do? Rather than saying, what can I get out of it? He who believes will not perish but have everlasting life. I mean, that in itself is a phenomenal vision. That in itself is a phenomenal promise. My gosh, there are phenomenal things happening in this church. Absolutely phenomenal. But you can miss it if you have another vision. Two visions in the same church causes division. So either you have your vision and the church has its own vision. If God has called you, please listen to me very carefully. If God has given you a vision, please go. Don't stay here. I'm not asking you to leave the church, please, but understand what I'm trying to tell you. You would do more harm to yourself 
when you have a vision and stay in a place and do nothing about it. You'd be the Jonah that they want to throw in the water. <laughs> do you understand? No, you didn't understand that. You must understand. If God has given you a vision for ministry, for vision for his kingdom, my God, we will bless you. We will ask you to step out. Do it. Because with you, the kingdom moves forward. It's not about just staying here, control everything and stay. No, don't, no, don't do it. No, Baba, please. Go. Go for it. God has called you. If he has called you. If he's not called you, put the phone down. Follow the vision of the house. Don't try to ring him and say, uh, any vision coming anytime soon? If you read through the Bible, nobody was waiting for a vision. Nobody was asking God, God, what is the purpose of my life? They were just looking at sheep. Just going to fish on the sea. They were just doing their regular stuff when the visionary walked up to them and said, follow me. He just said, follow me. I'll make you fish as a man. What an invitation. Do you understand? We come into a place of confusion when we think that God has called us to do greater things than the vision of Jesus. Mind you, the devil loves to add to this nonsense. It's sort of like I, I don't believe that the devil is behind everything that happens. Okay? Sometimes human beings are there. <laughs> human intervention. <laughs> I would think most of the time. Most of the time. You know, it's embarrassing to be in a church where people question the motives of the pastor. It's embarrassing for new people to come into a church and hear, mm, I don't know, man. Because, no, I'm not saying here. I'm saying other places. Oh, I, you know, I tried so much to meet the guy. Now he has green room. I... <laughs> Green room, like the pastor, you know, he goes to the green room. And then they, they, they have these people and they talk to us and it's not, no, no, I want to talk to that guy. Why, why, why I can't talk to him? You understand? This is just, this is deception that is entered into the church. Deception is not only doctrine-wise. Deception has to do with your heart Believing another word. Deception has to do unbelief. Let me say this. I was going on a path I don't want to go. Let me say this. Unbelief is faith in the wrong word. Write it down. Put it on your fridge. On your head also, if you want. Unbelief 
is faith in the wrong word. And sometimes, uncle so-and-so and auntie so-and-so can give you a wrong word. If, listen to me, if you receive a word that does not match the character, the nature, the ability of God, walk away from it. Any word. If there is a person in the church that does not represent Christ to you. When I say Christ, I'm not talking about long hair. Okay? And hanging on a cross. <laughs> this guy can do that long hair stuff. <laughs> but no cross for you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, when we say Christ, we're looking for Christ, we're saying this. I'm looking to see the fruit of the Spirit in this person's life. If this person is only about themselves, I can't follow this person because he has another vision. Because if that person does not represent Christ to me, what does Christ look like? Christ, even though he's given the biggest seed, takes the smallest seat. And he's not offended. Look, 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 young people are sitting in the front now. Who decided that they should sit there? I don't know who decided. It was an empty seat they sat. But she's not a pastor in this church. Who said these seats are for pastors? Who said these seats are for the coaches? Who said these seats are for you? Come on now. We can get legalistic in a grace environment. First come, first serve. The hungry get served. We don't have this rubbish. It's a place of honor that's given to them. It's not a place of legalism. It's not a place of separation. Oh, these are women. Please, Paul says, I want to spend time with you. Not with, oh, I came to meet the elders of the church. And I only want to meet the pastor. I would love to go to a church where people are so content with just meeting everyone. That is the church that represents Jesus because Jesus is with everyone. Not just with the pastor. The pastor is not the only anointed person in this church. Hello? Every man, every woman, every child, it doesn't matter what your background is, it doesn't matter which country you're from, you are anointed with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus was anointed with. Hallelujah. Mutual faith. We can kill an environment when we question the motives of God in the room. You can kill the atmosphere by saying, oh, this service is so long. Oh. <laughs> Pastor, my eyes are not used to being open for so long. <laughs> but yet, you can go late at night to a club and be like, Next day, you put an ice pack on your head because we're in the house. Like, oh. <laughs> we're like, oh, wow. Go, let's go to the pub and drink, brother. My sister. <laughs> huh? But the sister, they won't say pub. They say, let's have coffee. 
Is it a date? Yeah, it's on the 6th. Shall we have 6th, 7th? What, what day are you free? 8th? Let's do... No, I'm asking you, is it a date? You want me to go out with first together on a date? Yeah, yeah, on the 8th. Is it a deception? He's a man with a vision. By the way, I encourage dating. I encourage dating, yeah, I do. Yeah. Just wait, it's coming. <laughs> Both of you, choose a date, take your mom and dad and go for the date. <laughs> huh? Huh. It's a great date. You know, kids, you want to date people outside? You know, young people want to go dating? First date your mom and dad. After your mom and dad, then you can date your pastor and his wife. <laughs> and then maybe if you have time, we can all go along with you on your date. The whole church, this is the faith, faith-filled environment. We can all go out together. This message is really... Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, when we all don't believe the same word, it causes unbelief to enter the room. You must understand, unbelief, God is not looking at your sinning issue. He's looking at the cause of the sin. And most times it's unbelief. Unbelief. You choose to believe another word. You might say, well, you know, God, the Bible says, well, open your mouth wide and I will fill it and I will satisfy you with the pleasures of heaven. But yet we choose to listen to what the TV tells us. What movies tell us. What culture tells us. And we're satisfied by keeping our eyes open in the movie cinema and looking at all the scenes and remembering all the scenes, but we never remember the vision that actually gives us all the pleasures of life. This is not a message only for young people. Oh, actually it is. We're all young. We're all young. God responds to faith. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 8, please. Jeez. Matthew chapter 8. Right, verse 1. And when he had come down from the mountain... Great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Okay, let me read, let me read this again. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. 
great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now look at me now. Please understand, this man was not, socially, he was not allowed to come where crowds were. It's a demonstration of faith. But Jesus did not move to the man till the guy spoke to him. So Jesus spoke to the guy. Jesus didn't speak to the guy. The leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, please listen to this statement of faith. His statement of belief. He says, Lord, if you are willing, I will be healed. He's not saying, Lord, if you're willing, please pray for me. Like what we normally do in church. He's not saying, God, if it's your will for me to suffer, I'll remain like this. And if it's your will, Lord, then I will be made whole. But he's saying, God, he's saying, Lord, if you are willing, I will be healed. There's a man who is sick in his body. He's physically deteriorating. And he stretches out to Jesus and he says, Lord, if you, if you are willing. He didn't go to God and said, look, Lord, my hands are getting eaten up. Lord, look, no nose. Get it? No nose. No one knows. Lord, this leprosy has eaten my ears. So please understand. He's not going to God with a sob story. When we talk to one another about our problems, it's not a demonstration of faith. It's actually a demonstration of unbelief. Pastor, please pray for me. For what? Oh, I don't have any money. So now pastor has to feel sorry for you and pray. Please listen to your statement of faith. So the guy comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you are willing, I will be healed. And Jesus' response to him, I am willing. And Jesus stretches out his hand and he heals the man. And the man got instantly healed. God responds to faith. What is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You must understand Faith is the confidence, let me say this, faith is a confidence of things hoped for. Which means when I talk to God, I'm not hoping that he does something to me. I'm confident that, yeah, what he's promised he will do. But also it is the assurance of things not seen. Which means I have to have a confidence... Huh? I have to have a confidence that I will have what God says I, ha- I will have. And I am assured that what he said is what I will see. Please listen to me. Faith. The word faith is the word pistis. And it means reality. One of the words of faith is the word reality. So your reality is according to your confidence... And assurance of things that you do not see. Your reality, current reality, has to be, when you say I have faith, 
my current reality has to be that I am confident of what I'm about to receive from God. God gave me a word. I will get a new job. I'm confident that I will have a new job. But it's also the second part is the assurance of things I cannot see, which means I'm seeing something that God is saying. So I'm confident that I will get the job because God promised it. But I'm also seeing myself in the job. Oh, come on now. Come on, I think you guys celebrate jokes more than you celebrate revelation. Are you happy with your job? One of the two. Are you happy with your job? Papa, you have business. You want more jobs? More jobs, yes, that's much better. Please listen to me. Faith, your reality. The leper could say, well, this is my nose. This is, you know, no finger, toes. You know, you can sing that song to God. And you can say, God, this is my situation. Look at me. God, this is my situation. Don't you love me? Left me here. So many years. This God forsaken country. And we make, we make all these God forsaken. Like as if God forsake the country. He said, God, look, look at me now. It's not a statement of faith. You know why? It's people do not hear the voice of God. People do not go to the word of God and then they say, well, you know, I can't hear God's voice. How does God speak? Well, he spoke a lot. Quite a lot. There's a lot of speaking going on here. If you want to hear God's voice here, you know, here, then you have to hear it here first. And the way you hear it in your heart is when you begin to see, you begin to get confident with the assurance that what he's promised in this book, you will get. And you begin to have an assurance that what you're seeing in the scripture is what is really happening in your life. See, you must understand that God is not looking for people who will tell him what he can see. God is looking for people who will tell him what they see he is giving them. You understand? Faith, faith communicates to God that, oh, you know, Pastor John, I got a prophetic word that I will be a businessman. Praise the Lord. He didn't say when. But he just said, I'll be a businessman. Good. Go get a job. Get a job and start treating that business that you're working in like it's your business. When you start treating that business like it is your business, then he will see your faithfulness. And when you begin to see that business like it is your business, now he begins to give you the wisdom to start saving money. Not looking for investors. Oh. Right? Please understand what I'm trying to tell you. God is not a beggar. And his people are not beggars. That you have to go to a bank and beg for money. You have to go to people and beg for money for a business that God is giving you. Why would he give you a business idea and not give you the funding? I mean, how, how, how ridiculous that sounds. Well, God, let me tell you my example. God called me to business many years ago. But instantly I did not become a businessman. 
I had to learn humility. I had to learn submission to a, a boss that was not a Christian. I had to learn to overcome the pressure that the world puts on us. So that when the time does come, and it has now come, when that time comes, I've learned how to steward somebody else's business. Many of you in this room are called to lead churches. <laughs> Many of you are called to lead ministries, big ministries. But be faithful to the little one that you're in now. I want you to go to, um, quickly, go to Luke chapter 5. It's a familiar passage, but it, we can't be familiar with the word. It's a fresh word in this. I just read Jesus' question about fasting. Fasting. <laughs> Now it happened, verse 17. Are you there? Verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching. And there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. It's like Sharjah, Ajman, and Abu Dhabi. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Oh, come on. It's like we go to church and the, the power is there to heal everybody. It's there to heal everybody. It's to set everybody free from whatever problems you may have. The power is there. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. This is not the people sitting in church. Somebody else. Whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find out how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. That's a pretty crazy scene. And when he saw, say this, their faith. When he saw their faith. Not the, not the ones who come from Sharjah, Ajman and Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I'm talking to us. You may not be the one that came from Sharjah, Ajman and Abu Dhabi. You're the one that came in here with faith. So don't put yourself in the, in the Pharisee's place. Unless you are a Pharisee. Are you a Pharisee? Are you sure? Some of you are not saying no. Any spies in the church today? Any undercover people? If you're spying, can I please advise you? Spy well. Just tell the truth. Don't make up some stupid stories. The gospel is being preached in this church. The word of God is being preached. Jesus is the center of this church. When he saw their faith, the faith of the ones who brought the man in, he said to them, man, 
your sins are forgiven Jesus used the word man hey man hey man how's it going man he's defining the man's identity he's calling him a man you're not a cripple you're a man he says man your sins are forgiven the man did not even ask him for forgiveness the man did not ask him for healing but God responded to faith he didn't respond to a request he responded to faith but not just any faith it was mutual faith it was faith of people that came together and says Chris come on together hey, uh, hey Chris, Chris Merritt hey Dan at the back come on let's get together we need to do sound we need to set up the hall on Thursday night that's faith because they believe that the people that walk in through these doors there's a power to heal them when the ushers come in the guest services come in they walk into this room with faith they don't just walk in because we're having an event they walk in because they have faith they have faith that something awesome is going to take place right now something awesome is going to take place right now they have faith God responds to their faith. Do you think just because you came and sat in these chairs that you got healed? It was the faith of the guy. Look, CD stand up. Chris stand up. All the crew who came and set up here on Thursday night stand up. Stand up. Come on. Be brave. Stand up. Stand up. All the guest services stand up. Guest services that were serving today stand up. You're clapping because their faith brought you the miracle that you're about to receive. That prophetic word of people being debt free. Man, you slept home and you came right on time for the first song. Wow. These people came in early. They came in last night. Faith. It's not because they're on a roster. It's because of faith. Mutual faith, brother. God answers their prayers and you benefit from it. My God, I'm not even saying that I'm here. I'm the man who's about to release the miracle. Has nothing to do with the man who's speaking the word. Please listen to me. The vision makes this place possible. But you determine what you get out of it. You determine what your level of faith is. Don't underestimate how much you serve in this house. Don't think that God does not watch. Don't think that God does not see your level of faith. But God also watches the ones who make excuses. He watches the ones who give lame excuses. I can't serve today because you know. Make it about you. Make it about your problems. Make it about yourself. But it's mutual faith. People who look at your miracle and set up the stage because of that. They look at the reality of your business being successful, Jos. And they make this possible. 
If it wasn't for Christopher Columbus's crew, Christopher Columbus would be still sitting in the port on a boat waiting for the sailors to come and sail. If it not for the worship team that come and sing these amazing songs that release revelation in the room and we all come and sing the same song to release this atmosphere of God in the room and experience and how can we even say that God is in this room I can go to a hotel lobby drink a good cup of coffee I'll be like wow man check out that view God created that view I can experience that by the way you should check out the view it's phenomenal <laughs> I can say that I can say wow there's so much awesome stuff happening around in the world or I can say well God is awesome in this place I came here. I came here hungry for my reality to change. I came here hungry because I saw what God did for me. Not what God is going to do for me. <laughs> Faith says that I see my life according to what God says. If God says I am going to be debt free, I'm going to live my life like I am debt free. If God says that I'm going to bless you with a new car, I'm going to drive my old car like it is a new car. Do you understand? If God says I'm going to bless you with a business, I'm going to be faithful with the job that I have. Because I'm seeing the reality of my life according to his vision. God is doing a new thing in this church. God is doing a new thing in this city and in this nation. And the boat is sailing. There are sailors on this boat that are not divided. There are sailors on this boat that are not separated. There are sailors on this boat that absolutely love Christopher Columbus. There are sailors on this boat. Let me tell you something. If you are the one that has another vision like Jonah leave the boat leave the boat because this boat is heading to new land this church is heading to doing things that man has never thought possible man has always restricted but i would tell you something don't sit in this room with a lack of faith and unbelief sit in this room with full of faith and believing everything that god has promised will come to pass in your life let's stand up come on everything everything is possible everything is possible everything is possible